Hi guys, this is Pop Culture Mondays on Thursdays, your favorite pop culture podcast of all time. And I am your host, Brooke Hammerling. Pop Culture Hello, my pop culture junkies. Welcome to another week. This is actually becoming one of my more consistent things in my life. So I'm pretty excited about that and uh, maybe going to be the second longest committed relationship behind my newsletter. Um, We have a lot to talk about today. I am very excited to introduce you to my guests, but before I do, I just wanted to tell you a little bit about what we're going to talk about. I'll introduce you to my guests and we're going to have a very fun, boisterous conversation about him. And then we're going to talk a little bit about the Jubilee that has taken place last weekend in England, our our mother country, and get into some of that. A few other things have popped up in the Johnny and Amber situation that I want to pick my guest's brain about. And then we're going to sort of get into reality TV for for shits and giggles, I guess I could say. So without further ado, I would like to introduce to you my dear friend and extraordinaire content creator and really reality star and famous TV dog star, Trip Swanhouse. Hi, Trip. Hey, Brooke, how are you? Was that a good intro? Does that, I feel like we didn't do enough for baby dog, the the famous baby dog. Well, Baby Dog sort of supersedes everyone. She's the real star of of all of our lives, I think. I I mean, yeah. So, guys, just so you know, Tripp has been in my life for some time, and he comes up in so many different ways. Like, all of a sudden, I'm watching a TikTok in the middle of the night. I wake up, and I start looking at TikTok. You, as far as I know, had never been on TikTok. And then all of a sudden, this TikTok popped up, and it's your TikTok, and it's got, like, 20 million views. And it was that TikTok from when there was the storms in New York, and, like, you happened to capture on your camera, like, the table blowing over. It was that. Was that the one? Am I right? Yeah, that was it. It was it was we, it was my first TikTok, and if you remember during the <laughs> pandemic, all anyone wanted to do was make a TikTok that went viral, and so I, I got lucky enough to make one that went viral. And wait, wait, so back it up. Like, first of all, lay lay out the situation. Where were you? What was the moment in time? It, it was the, it was like we were probably three to four months into the pandemic, right? And people were just trying to eat outside. They were they were like desperately trying to return to some form of normalcy. And uh, I was at a friend's birthday party. We were sitting outside having tacos because, you know, you couldn't go inside. And you were in the village. Yeah, it was the middle of Greenwich Village with the baby dog. And all of a sudden, this storm, like one of those summer storms, like comes rolling up. And like literally the, the, it, the, like the, the heavens opened up and like the rain just came. It got really, down. really dark. Like it got, it got really pit, like, pit, like pitch black. And what made you decide to film it? Like where did your brain go into that as opposed to like running for cover? What made you film it? I was hiding in a doorway with the dog because the rain was so bad. And Do I'm you like, remember I'm which restaurant go- you were at? I was at Jack's Wife Frida. Oh, I love Jack's Wife Frida. Street. Oh God, I love it there so much. Okay. Okay, cool. I had breakfast there this morning. It was very, very uh. good. Okay, you're killing me. I'm having a little FOMO right now. You'll be back soon enough. And so then it just started to pour. We all got up and we all like went and sort of hidden different doorways and like tried to find some sort of cover. And these two guys just they they kept sitting at their table, and that the table starts to rock and the umbrella starts to rock and the the the, the rain's coming from every which direction. And they're at this tiny little like French style table with an umbrella on top, just trying to keep it together. 
and they weren't going to move. And they sat there like with their legs crossed as if nothing was wrong, holding onto the umbrella. And all of a sudden a tree falls next to them and they still, they still didn't move. And they just pretended like it was normal. And I think it was. And you were filmed. You realized then that this was something you needed to capture on camera. Well, I just took out my phone and I was laughing and I was going to take a picture. And then I took a video and then the rain kept getting harder and the wind kept getting stronger. So I took another video and I took another video and I took a third video and the tree came down. <laughs> I mean, they I were okay. Sort of Nobody was hurt in the making of the <laughs> no, video. Yeah, let's just Nobody was hurt. The umbrella didn't fly away. The, the tree did fall next to them. BuzzFeed called it the most iconic moment of the pandemic. Wait, so you took it and like you're an Instagram guy. What made you think to turn I'm that? Not in? even that. I sent it to a friend of mine and he's like, this is the best content you've ever created. And you're a content creator <laughs> for a living. So that's <laughs> fucking funny. <laughs> and he's like, why? Well, you got to put that on TikTok. So I'm like, okay. So I put it on TikTok, called it curbside dining, and then went to bed and woke up. And it's like millions and millions and millions of views that come in every second. It's a pretty funny feeling. So I wanted to get into that because obviously like I play around with TikToks and every time I post a TikTok, I'm like, I'm just so excited to wake up tomorrow and be famous. Like, I just can't wait for that. And then it's like, 79 views and I was like god damn it I thought that was my greatest content I mean I'm just you know I'm I am so waiting for one of my TikToks to go viral but um I'm so boring on TikTok it's never gonna happen what was it like like I can't even believe it when I saw this I saw the video first I'm like this is crazy so I watched it again and then I'm like motherfucking trip swan house like how I will, is I will happening? say I will say it was probably the funniest thing it was probably the best thing to happen during the pandemic to wake up and have had a video go viral is like I don't know. I've made a lot of TV shows that have done really, really well. And there, and this was far more satisfying. And did you hear from people like all over the world or people from your past? What was that like? Yeah, it was it got picked up by every single like news organization in the entire world. And all these people reached out and it was it's kind of it's just sort of fun. it's like funny. And because there's a person there's a personal thing to it that it's not like I guess because they're sort of seeing your actual real life. It's much more, the content's much like more raw and honest than anything else you might make. Yeah. And you just happen to be in this right place at this right time with the, with the foresight to pick up your camera, take a picture, did not know all of that was going to happen with the video. And, and then we have this platform, TikTok and the algorithm gods delivered. It's unbelievable. <laughs> then, then, then the debate, then the debate was why, why did it go viral? So all these other sort of TikTok stars were like, you know, like a, a, a good friend, her sister's a big TikToker. And she's like, well, it's because it's the Chinese and because they saw the names of the people in your Rolodex. <laughs> oh, my God. Is that interesting? I don't know, though. I mean, my Rolodex is pretty great, I'm sure, in some degree. I'm sure it's very Nobody, good. Nobody, no, the Chinese. Nothing happens to your TikTok. Chinese aren't letting me go viral, those fuckers. <laughs> I do think, though, that the, there is some truth to that. They say that the Chinese, the algorithms work to show America, like to dumb down our young and to show America looking terrible. So the Chinese don't want to be here. So like the Chinese see trees falling and people just sitting and forced to sit outside. They're like, hell no, New York sucks. We're staying put. <laughs> It's possible. At least we got to go outside. I mean, they're still stuck inside. <laughs> yeah, that's true. True, true, true. Well, I mean, it was unbelievable, but this is not the first time nor the last time, I'm sure, that I have had this sort of random like, wait, I know this guy. I know him very well moment with you. And one of my favorite podcasts, which everyone listening to this podcast should listen to, is called That's Messed Up. And it's a Law & Order SVU podcast. Now, 
if you're listening to this, you are a pop culture fan. I would say like there's a high probability you've watched Law and Order SVU. There's a high probability that you have watched every episode of Law and Order SVU. There's even a higher probability that you've watched every episode multiple times and go to sleep watching Law and Order SVU like I do. So in, with that being said, this podcast is incredible. I'm obsessed with these women. I listen to them every Tuesday. The minute it comes out, I love their podcast. And I've been listening to them. I was turned on to the podcast by Scarlett Curtis, of course, because everything wrote, leads back to the Curtis Freud family. But I was so in it. I'm listening to it every week and I know these women and I know that they're like where they're from. One of them is from a Russian family. Another is from Connecticut. Like I'm obsessed. And one episode, like months and months ago, I'm listening to, they have a little banter, the two of them first, and then they break down a random episode of any season and they talk about it. One of them sort of just gives you the run through of like what happens. And then they talk about it and then they talk about the real world story that it's ripped from the headlines. And then they usually have a guest from that episode or somehow involved with Law and Order. And in this one, one of the characters on the Law and Order episode that they were talking about was named Trip. And one of the hosts is like, Trip, I don't know that name, like Trip or something like that. I can't remember. And then the other host, whose name I think is Karen Clank, whatever. Yeah, I think that's it. Yeah. yeah. So she says, she's the one from Connecticut. She's like, actually, I like Trip is a name. Like, I'm from Connecticut. I've known like a lot of trips. In fact, I, I went to school with this guy, Trip, from, and it turns out it's you. She's talking about you. She's not your friend. She's just <laughs> randomly talking about a guy she went to high school in from Connecticut. And I'm like, motherfucker, that's Trip Swan House. So that's another <laughs> thing. And then we were friends before you didn't tell Look, me. I will say I will say I was terrified when I woke up and I got a text from you saying like, Oh, I just heard, I just heard about you on some podcast. <laughs> I know. I didn't give you any context. <laughs> and I'm like, oh shit. What did I do? <laughs> what did I do? And what story did somebody just tell? It, it, that was like two hours of like solid fear. I'm so sorry. I should have given you more context, but I, I said it with a lot of exclamation points and I think a couple of emojis, I should have indicated to you it was all good news. But then also, if you're listening to this podcast, you're more than likely someone that has seen at least one episode of the Real Housewives franchises, but more likely millions of them. And the best one, of course, was, it no longer is, I don't know if you agree with me, but it certainly no longer is, but was Real Housewives of New York, obviously. And so there I am just sitting there, my New York apartment. I think I'd had dinner with Trip like a few nights earlier. I don't know, Trip. I'm watching and there you are. There you are just sitting on a couch, baby dog. I knew you were friends with one of the cast members, Carol Radzowell, but I didn't know you were just going to be a regular guest star of the show. And you guys share a dog. So how, how did that factor in? Did you get cast for it? Did you have to like, did you get paid for it? What, is, what happens there? No, I mean, there is a lot of reality to it. That Like, she's my neighbor. We hang out all the time. And share a dog. <laughs> Yeah, and you gotta you gotta find like things to do on the show, and so we would do things together, and so then the cameras just sort of show up. The first scene that we ever filmed, I remember we went to Occupy Wall Street at the time, and the, the show was kind of like it was one of the first scenes she had ever shot, and they were sort of like they're like it took a, it took them like two months to figure out how to cut it, and they're like we we've never had anyone do anything like this. <laughs> they're like this is this is different. Wow. 
We didn't go to like an empty restaurant. Right, right. Something. Where they sit there at four o'clock in the afternoon pretending to have dinner. Yeah. <laughs> with their with their mega pints of Chardonnay or or Sauvignon Blanc or Pinot Grigio, I guess. Ramona Pinot Grigio. Grigio. Ramona Grigio. Okay, so can we, I mean, you tell me what you're comfortable with. Well, let's, I want to, I, I want to get into a couple more things and then let's talk about what I want to do at the end of this podcast mm-hmm. is talk about Real Housewives of New York and just do a little goss on there. Okay. To, talking about going viral, I actually forgot when, when I'm, when baby dog at the real baby dog on Instagram, in case you want to follow her, when we first got her and she was a little puppy, I share the dog with um, two other people, obviously Carol and uh, RJ King. How does and that work? Do you guys have like a schedule? Do you have set days, like a custody thing? What, what happens? I mean, the New York Times wrote an article about it. You can read it. No, there, there is no set schedule. So she just sort of like wandered. She goes the up The New York down, Times wrote an article about your baby dog. This potato is fucking failing here. <laughs> I mean, well, it was, it, and it was about the share economy, that you can share a car, you can share a dog, you can share a house. <laughs> Right. And it was part of it when we got her six years ago, it was part of a bigger trend. Right. Which is like, you don't need to keep everything for yourself anymore. Right. It's more fair. It's a lot easier. It actually, if you live in New York city and you have a dog, it's a lot of work. Right. So if you go out to dinner, then you have to come home and you got to let the dog out. And like, then the dog's alone all the time. So by sharing the dog, you share the responsibility. You share a whole, you you share a house on fire Island. You share a house in the Hamptons. You share a bike, you share a dog. Yeah. It's it's like a, it's like a firehouse dog, maybe firehouse dog. (laughs) That makes sense. Okay. But it's, it's not a Dalmatian and she doesn't bite. No. And she likes to hang out at the firehouse. So, I don't know. I mean, there's no set schedule and like the, the dog just kind of cruises around. It works. It okay. So how did she go viral? So she went viral. When we got her. We decided to create like an Instagram account because account, Instagram was kind of taking off. And then something happened. I think Haley Bieber posted about her or something like that. Wait a minute. Ju- oh my God. Wait. Who's a good, she's a good friend of RJ's and she, she posted the dog and then it just went right it just blew up and it's like well this is so crazy i mean i'm finding new stuff out about how we're connected in so many ways so potato as you know was a gift potato was given Uh to me um as a surprise on my 40th birthday by uh my friend shervin quite an extraordinary extravagant crazy gift kara swisher told everybody the dog was gonna die because i wasn't responsible um Mm -hmm. thanks kara so anyway his name was potato because i'd always dreamed of having a dog named potato and i was not eating carbs at that point and so i was everything in my life looked like a potato so we named him potato and shervin had gotten potato the potato instagram handle so at potato like unbelievable lays honestly come to me or cape cod potato chips i will sell that handle for a million dollars (laughs) but anyway so she he has the handle and they posted the initial picture two or three of potato and then one of the early pictures potato had like you know it was like my friends were following him all of that all of a sudden I woke up and potato had like 10,000 followers and it had been like I hadn't even posted yet because these were still pictures that Shervin and his daughter were posting on the handle turns Mm -hmm. out Shervin was like like friends with Justin Bieber This is before they were married. And Justin Bieber liked one or two of the photos. And when that happened early days, all of his followers were like tracking what photos he liked. And because Justin Bieber, so that's how Potato became a micro influencer because of all of Justin Bieber's followers from seven years ago. How about yeah, them apples? Okay, so, so, same thing. So, so our dogs are the same thing. They're the Biebers it, it, made our dogs. You had Haley, I got Justin. Unbelievable. 
Well, Instagram shut us down too. They thought it was a porn account. <laughs> oh no way, baby well, dog, oh. baby dog, and then it was, and the, and the rate at which it was growing was too fast, right? So they did so you like, ever get ding, it back? Ding 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 ding. It was only shut down for like six hours. Oh. There was a campaign launched immediately to, to obviously. Um, <laughs> to save the baby dog. This is hilarious. I, I, you need to teach me because I will say potatoes. Um, uh, the the sort of engagement on his Instagram has really been down, and I wonder if it's because a lot of his followers must have been bots or something. But he used to get three, four hundred likes, and now he can barely crack a hundred. And I don't, I shield him from this um, because I don't want him to know that his, you know, engagement is low. He's going to take that personally. I I keep trying different tricks, different times, different sort of um, hashtags, but nothing's working. So uh, we'll we'll talk about that. <laughs> We'll talk about that after. We don't we don't really post on her account anymore because we thought it was we didn't want to exploit her. You know what, Trip? I'm sorry. Okay, I, I but you know, Potato <laughs> likes it. He it got stuff out of it. He feels validation from it. So I'm just gonna not talk about exploitation. My dog is fine. It's fine. He's gonna continue. I'm gonna put him in nylons. It's gonna be fine. That's just my baby dog. That's just my baby dog. That's just my baby dog. Um, okay, did you're, you? You're a stage mom and I'm a stage dad. Uh -huh. I, you know, I mean, I've pimped him out so much. His like, he he had to have a, he had to file a tax return a couple years ago. But anyway, I wanna talk about the Queen's Jubilee. And did you know what the Platinum Jubilee was for? Do you know what that, is because I didn't know. I did, I just thought it was like another birthday celebration. It's a 70th anniversary of when she became queen. So, you know, nobody expected her to still be queen at the, all of this time. So it was quite a grand celebration. And you saw England take sort of such pride in her majesty and the country. And it was really amazing to see it unfold on TikTok. Did you watch any of the content? No. Okay. Okay. The no. La, the la, no. But I. But yeah. I start, but yeah. I watched. I mean, I watched a little bit, of, of course, and I saw all the pictures and everything. And I. But think, the thing I, is, I, it's so humanizing. Like social media, as much as you have all this horrible stuff about Meghan and Harry and people who are cruel and maybe deservedly. I. I'm not going to weigh in on this. This is not a royal family podcast. But I found it so interesting to watch how many. It's almost like it's almost like planned. Like the, they have become, they've been humanized by it. Like the queen is smiling. She did this video with Paddington bear and every, and her acting was spectacular as she pulled her toast out of her purse. And then the kids, the Prince William and Kate's kids were all like the hit of the show. They're all filmed. And the youngest one, Louis was like, very much the third child, like sticking his tongue out and, and punching his mom and stuff that like you would never expect a, to be seen. Like the Royal family, the kids are to be seen and not heard and speak only when spoken to. And you watch this sort of normal family unfold. And Louis ran from his seat to sit on the lap of his grandpa, who's going to be King one day, you know, you just, it was so interesting. And I thought, you know, because you start to think like the Royal family, how does it, how does it modernize? Like, does, does it even exist in 20 years? Do they, do they just like call the whole thing off and be like, that was a fun run. Like we're done. Or do like, and you, cause you just don't see the old formality and the strictness and the sort of lack of humor and the lack of humanity. I don't, now it just sort of changed. And it was, I think as a result of seeing it unfold, whether you're watching it on TikTok or Instagram or Twitter, it's 
fascinating to me. I mean, do you have any thoughts on the royal family? Are you obsessed I'm, I'm with England? Big, I'm a I'm a big fan of the royal family. I mean, I like I like England. Like I like Entenmann's. Because like, you're, but you're good. the waspiest person I've ever met. Like you are. Are you like off the Mayflower? Did your family like come? No, no, to no, no. We, are, we are definitely not off the. We are definitely not off the Mayflower. But I've got a lot of friends from England, and I have one friend whose grandfather worked for the the Queen for a long time. In I what capacity? Super, uh, as the personal secretary, so sort of like the chief of staff. Nice, right? And I was so confused by the by the Meghan Markle thing, which was you know a couple months ago with, with the Oprah interview, and that I didn't really buy it. Yeah, it wasn't and it I wasn't thought, a good move on their end. No, it wasn't. I didn't think it was a very good move. And it's almost like he went back and fell on his sword during this whole jubilee, right? Of like, <laughs> I, I will say. The one thing that didn't come up all week was Andrew. Uh, and yeah. And so I, right? So it's almost like Hagen, and Megan and Harry went back as a distraction and that just changed the narrative. Yeah. So Andrew was like, it's so funny because they, they like, nobody believed on social media that Andrew really had COVID. But, no. but, but the fact of the matter is nobody even cared. You know, Harry looked miserable. They, they were booed quite ex- ex- loudly as they were entering places. And I think what it showed was like, they did make a calculated error in this departure. Like they are not the, the, the brand of the monarchy is bigger than the brand of Harry and Meghan. That's and what I, I think got. that they, she, I think she misread that it was, and the racism stuff really actually, like, I think she accused them of being racist and they don't see race in the same way that we do. I wouldn't say that. I think there was racism for sure. I mean, there is, but it was a different thing. I mean, she was, they're they're more against her being an American than being. (laughs) (laughs) Right, exactly. But I was there, I was living in London at the time. I mean, they're classes, that's for sure. I mean, classist, yeah. I mean, there there was a time when when she first was, um, you know, engaged to him or whatnot. I was, I was living primarily, I was in London quite a bit then. And there was a real, uh, excitement over her. There was a real, like all of my friends who are English were just like, yes, this is what we want. She's glamorous. She's gorgeous. She's, she's just going to bring this another level, you know, and people related to her with her family issues. And the fact that Prince Charles walked her down the aisle, like the halfway, it was, it was people really, I mean, I tuned in for that wedding people were, and then they just, blew it so quickly and then using like the whole thing of when they moved to America and he was cast aside but then on Veterans Day or whatever when they went and they were photographed in like Santa Barbara going to a cemetery in his army wear which he it was just so crazy to me I'm like why are they doing this like somebody is advising them terribly it was awful well I think also I think to be a royal is a really hard job right and I don't know if she got that like, how can you not get it? We've all seen all of the movies, the books, the articles, the videos, the interviews with Diana, all of it. It's it, right. You, you know, you're, what you're signing up for is like one of the hardest jobs in the world. And it might, you know, it's like being a princess is not a fun thing. I don't think. I don't know. You know, I, I've met that I've, uh-huh. my Fergie experience. I've spent a lot of time with Fergie, who I find it, it is a, such a lovely woman. And, you know, I think she's probably got PTSD from all of the experiences, but we were in Venice together at a, at a luncheon and it was a group of us and, um, we're sitting there and, and, you know, anybody who knows me knows that my parents passed away a long, long time ago. She doesn't know me. And so we're sitting there at lunch and then she says, Oh, Brooke, I, 
I forgot to tell you, I know your mom. And I was like, oh, oh no. Like, and I didn't know, I didn't want to, I was like, what's the protocol? Do I tell a member of the royal family she's mistaken? Do I just go with it? And I was like, oh, okay. She's like, no, no. She goes, I know you think you're, I'm crazy because I, I know your mom is dead, but we've spoken. And I was, I, I, I was, I literally didn't understand what was happening. And I like look around and, and the woman who's sitting next to her and she's just nodding at me, like, like with an understanding look. And I, I said, I'm so sorry. I said, what do you mean? She says, oh, I speak to the dead. I know that your mom, your mom is like, I've, I've had a connection with her and she's so proud of you. But even it, for the, when I thought it was crazy, she said things about my mom that were like, very, very personal. And like, unless she had some investigative team investigate me and know what my mother looked like and know all of these things, like how my mother wore her hair or things that my mom likes, like the cigarettes my mom smoked, it was very strange to me. And so then I got, I got very emotional and I started crying, literally crying to this, to the Duchess of York. And then her, <laughs> her ex-husband was there, even though, cause they, were divorced, but they're very good friends. This was years ago, five years ago. And he was like, you know, oh, please. I'm so sorry. I hope she hasn't upset you with her thing. I was like, are you kidding? Like, please do not apologize for your ex-wife. I'm obsessed with every moment of what's happening right now. But I mean, there's wow. so much eccentricity to that family. And I thought, I think Fergie is delightful. Just a delight. Just a lovely, delightful, crazy pants woman. I loved her. Illusion is alive. <laughs> and Fergie and my mom are besties. And I just wanted everyone to know that that's, um, you know, I think my mom would be pretty proud of that. She was always like really. And, uh, you know, I mean, you know me, I'm an Anglophile. I am obsessed. I, as I wrote my newsletter this week, I date men from England. I have fallen madly in love with men from England. I have had my heart broken with men from England. I say literally, like I say it that way. I don't. Are you from England? Well, I do have are your parents, my grand, my grandmother on my mother's side. So everybody else is Jewish in my family. So definitely not. But my mother's uh -huh. mother is Francis Doolittle and the Doolittle side is English. And I mean, I have been told, though, I have done no absolute no research to determine if this is true, though. The history is pretty remarkable. Um, came as Mayflower. Maybe Mayflower adjacent. What is what does your dentist say? I, I don't know. My dentist says that I have very good sturdy in, English teeth. No, sturdy <laughs> teeth, which does not indicate I would be English. But anyway, the last thing on this, I went to um, I studied abroad and I did a program at Cambridge and it was incredible. And it was the first time I'd gone to England and I was, you know, 19, 20 years old. And I had avoided England because in my mind it was very like dark and dreary and all of the books I'd read. You know, I was an English lit major. They do not paint England to be a, a happy, sunshiny place. But I, so I avoided it. And then I got into this program because I'd been all over Europe as a teen, but I had not been there. And I fell in love with Cambridge. I had absolutely, it was everything a girl could dream of. And I actually didn't go into London for the first couple of weeks because I was just mesmerized by Cambridge and the university and the library and the history and all that. But I did get into London. And the first time I went into London, I did not know this town. We did not have iPhones. Then we had like, you know, maps of the like actual maps that you 
put in your pocket to understand the subway system, the tube. And I just, for whatever reason, took to London where I understood the layout incredibly well. And I ended up being asked by some tourists as I got out in Covent Garden for the first time ever being in Covent Garden, where something was, and I inherently knew where to send them. And so a part of me does, and now with a Fergie sort of psychic connection, I do believe that I have had a past life where I lived in London. I may have been like, you know, a prostitute killed by Jack the Ripper. I don't know, <laughs> but I really feel like I have an affinity to London that is like deeply, deeply, deeply inherited from somewhere. So I'm obsessed with everything about them. I love their tea. I love their food. I love their people. I love their countryside. I love their traditions. I love the accents. I can identify different accents from London. I can identify a Yorkshire accent from a, I mean, it's just bananas. I love it so much. And I, I love England. We are now a, you, an Anglophile podcast. So that's it. Um, and <laughs> then, and then, but interestingly enough, the other thing that I love almost as much as, as England is the Top Gun franchise. And this, I've talked about this before, but I was obsessed, obsessed with the sequel. And have you, have you seen it trip? Did you not see it? No, I haven't seen it. I'm, I'm dying to see it. Literally literally go there th tonight go to the movie theater see it, got, it in it got IMAX. A 20 minutes standing ovation it got a 20 minute standing ovation that can so i was at the premiere in london incidentally with the royal family with tom cruise with kara swisher who is basically american royalty at this point and we were at this thing i think unprecedented the premiere was in three theaters all in leicester square so the red carpet went around the entire square and it was all we were like all, it was the craziest thing i have ever seen in my life it was the greatest movie everybody should see it on imax and the tiktoks from it are so funny that now like mustaches are becoming popular again and people are, guys are shaving their beards and just leaving their mustaches and wearing aviator glasses and doing these like dances on the beach like the guys in top gun 2 like you have to see this movie but it is gross like i think something like 200 plus million just domestically it's fucking nuts and it's bigger Tom Tom Cruise has never, which I think is crazy, ever, ever, ever had an opening weekend of uh, that broke 100 million of any of his movies. So this is legend. Um, the producers are incredible. This was David Ellison, who is a, a remarkable young man. He's the son of Larry Ellison, a man who's mentored me and, and taught me so much in my life. And this was um, he did a podcast with Kara, which we'll link to in the show notes that he talks about how this movie got made and how he convinced Tom to do it um, all these years later and it, it was what a what a good thing because this movie is incredible. he's made some great he's made some great movies David Ellison yeah yeah incredible and he's part in and the, there's going to be new two new Mission Impossible movies that he and Tom are collaborating on and I got to say I know I mean listen I'm not making light of all the trauma that I'm sure people have faced in all organized religions whether it's Catholicism or Scientology and I know there's a lot of controversy there but don't care love the movie I'm separating church and state love the movie love 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 the movie. Well, I just think it's nice to have a good, like something to like go to the theater again to watch. Yes. Like, and that's what everyone says. Like, old it's like, get, like, let's get movie. out of our house. Yeah. And but. Jason Kyler, who is the CEO of Warner Media before um, Discovery came in and 
whatever. He said it. He always said it. And everybody got up in arms, but he's like, there's some movies, they're going to be the blockbuster, that sort of razzle dazzle movie that you'll never not want to see in a movie theater. There are other movies like rom-coms and so forth that I much happier seeing on my couch and my, and I'll pay money to see it. I think the the experience of going to the movie theater is also just kind of fun. Like leaving your house and like getting out of your pajamas and off your sofa is not a bad thing. Yeah. Right. It's an activity. It's an experience. And, um, I believe that you don't, that calories don't count in movie theaters. So like butter that popcorn, eat those Twizzlers, drink that extra drink large Diet Coke. I don't care. I mean, I also am like, you know, I, they just need to come up with a way that you can go eat to the bathroom. That squeeze cheese, those combos. Remember combos, the pretzels and like the cheese, nacho cheese yeah. inside. Love it. Yeah, All of it. So good. So good. Sour I say, I'm, not a, I'm not a big fan of the reclining seats that like basically turn into a bed. Those I find to be a little bit too sleepy. Yeah, because you fall asleep. Yeah, I still like a real movie seat that's like not too big. I don't mind that. I agree. I I, I prefer, I don't even love the movie theaters where they bring the food. It's all too, it gets stinky. It's too disruptive. I want to smell popcorn. I don't want to smell beer or vodka. And I want right. to, I love an IMAX experience for Top Gun too. Yes, Guys, yeah. go see it. Okay, we got, we're just, I could talk to you for hours. Okay. L- last thing on pop culture before we get to, to reality, were you obsessed with Johnny and Amber? Or no? Did you well, just? Yeah, like, I mean, I think it? it's. I think it's. He pushed back on something that nobody has pushed back on. And yeah. I think. I mean, I'd say it's basically kind of the end of me too, or the correction of it. Maybe it's right? a correction, it's like, but I will say, and I'm 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 one of those people that was you know I definitely I've I've said it here before, but I know people who've had personal experiences with both of them and the narratives that have come out, uh, seem to, to definitely, uh, mirror what my friend's experiences were that she was not a, a great person and he was always a great person, but let's be clear, the videos and the audio show that they both were pretty terrible to one another. Now, did he beat her? Obviously they found it to not be the case. You know, they were a very toxic couple. They made Sid and Nancy look like, you know, leave it to Beaver, basically. It, they were, they were awful to each other, but that was sort of their choice. That was sort of and their like, choice. No, exactly. That was yeah. their choice. But what I don't like, I have to say is this victory mm-hmm. lap. So yesterday or the day before, I don't know, sometime this week, Johnny got on TikTok and his team put together this sort of tribute to his fans playing like it was like it was it was like the the platinum jubilee on crack. It was like you see Johnny in the back of the car waving to his fans and it's like all the fans like we love you Johnny. We love you Johnny. I saw that. That sort of reminded me of like Trump leaving the the hospital to go wave to his fans. It was a bit strange and I didn't think it was appropriate. It this whole thing started because she took a private matter public that probably shouldn't have ever gone public, right? Right, right. She like, she weaponized their behavior. I guess so, like, but I just felt like, you know, be a little class. It's just, it wasn't very classy to me. It felt no, very- that's, I don't think it was, it felt like he's fighting with her again. It's like the same crap- We're back at it. Their entire rela- they're back at they're it. Back right. at like it. They're back at it. And now involved. we're all involved with it. And like, I, yeah. I just feel like they're going to have sex again at some point. That's my, well, that's what it feels like. And I, and I, the only, and I think that it was really good that the, the, the trial was, um, broadcast because it's like, 
they used up a lot of government resources to do that, to have that trial. Right. Unbelievable. And that's not, and that's not really right. So it's in my mind, it's like the new form of PBS. Alistair Cook, the old host of Masterpiece Theater, is rolling in his grave right now on that one. <laughs> well, we, we used to have Masterpiece Theater. We used to have Sesame Street. Now we have Johnny and now, Amber. Right. Exactly. Oh, my God. I am from I'm just showing my age. I used to literally, literally like stay at home and my parents would have me watch, which is why I'm an Anglophile, like Brideshead Revisited and Upstairs, Downstairs and, you know, what was like I, Claudius. I mean, this is what I grew up with. So no wonder I'm an Anglophile. But um, you're right. I mean, this is what what we've become as a society. And I'll end it on the Johnny stuff. There's this TikTok, which will play where this it was like a festival in Germany and this DJ is playing like, like Johnny Depp, Johnny Depp and the whole crowd, like thousands and thousands of people are singing to it. It's wild and it's real. Does it have more, does it have more views than my rain video? No, no one has more views. I think you, you might be bigger than all of the views. I don't know. We have to we have to do a little accounting on that. I want to get to your, you know, we have this thing here at Pop Culture Mondays on Thursdays called Mary, Make Out, or Mute, where you pick something we talked about or a person or a character or an idea or whatever. And so I want you to, to ruminate on that. But I do want to talk about reality. I want to talk about Real Housewives of New York. Who is your favorite um, cast member besides Carol? Because she's fabulous. I got to meet her finally, not with you, but I got to meet her at the San Vicente Bungalows briefly, had a conversation. I felt like we really had a connection and she's like thinking about wanting to be my best friend. I don't know if she came back and told you that, but I'm pretty sure. No, she's, she's, she said she was thinking about it. Yeah. I mean, she, I'm just waiting. That was a month ago. I haven't, I haven't heard back. Um, I'm just waiting for like her, like invitation to connect on besties. But in the meantime, like, were you there for like the leg throwing? Were you there for like Bethany? Like what was your, what was your genre of time there? I mean, so I've, I've sort of been adjacent to the whole thing, right? Like from the I guess from the beginning till basically the end. Because you had all there's some interesting there's some interesting people on that show. And are they exactly the way and, they are on camera than they are off camera? You know, you know everyone's. So I've made a lot of reality reality TV. Everyone's always so worried that they're going to be cut or manipulated to look a certain way. And it's like you can manipulate somebody in one scene once a little bit. But like, that's the thing with, with reality is you basically who you are will eventually just sort of come through. So Dorinda really loves to get like blackout drunk and, and <laughs> Bethany loves to be like a shit stir and Ramona does those crazy eye walks. Like that's all real. And Countess Luann is just like, whatever, count the countess. She, that's yeah. all real. It's all real. It, it, that show does not do a lot of manipulation. I mean, for the most part, they just like wind them up and watch them go. Who is the girl that threw, I always forget her name, that threw the leg? Uh, Aviva. Aviva. I mean, seriously. I don't think there's any moment, any moment that's more important than that moment in reality television. Even more so than Real Housewives of New Jersey, Teresa, prostitution, whore, (laughs) turning the table over. I think the, I think Aviva throwing the leg has to be like the lowest of the lowest point of our society. And yet I'm here for it. I want more of it. Well, I think it's time for the show to come back. What's happened? Is it gone? It's gone. It's really gone. With Sonia and Ramona, what are well, they, they doing s- now? They switched out. They switched out the cast. Uh, two of them. It got are very go woke. I'm, I'm going to sound like Tucker Carlson here well, for a second. Well, but that's the problem. I think it got, from what I understood, it got a little too woke. The people got too young, and it wasn't really what it used to be. 
Is it possible I to mean, stay married? The only one that I can think of that stayed married so far in the franchises is um, Kyle. Heather. Oh, wait, Heather? Oh, yeah, because she was- Heather, Tom Heather Thompson. Yeah, but she's not in my mind as one of the big, but I guess. But I'm talking about all of the franchises. Is it impossible right. for the most part? Like, you, do you know you're going to get a divorce or- You're, you're going to get bankrupt, go and get a, get, get a divorce. Go to jail. And, uh, <laughs> maybe go to jail. <laughs> what? I want that. Let me on that show. Want, I want that. Brooke, do you want to be on the new, <laughs> we're casting the new Housewives. Yeah, do you want to be on I it? Mean, oh my God, I'm going to go bankrupt. I'm going to have a scandal. I'm going to be like cheated on, heartbroken. Yeah, sign me yeah. up. Just another day Martha in my Stewart, life. Martha Stewart is just about to sign. I mean, you know, but look at what's happened with Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. There's this whole drama this week with last week, I think it was Kathy Hilton. And she was like the doyen of it last year. And everybody was shocked that she did it and that she came out just so great in it. And then now it's like scandal, scandal, scandal. And Lisa Rinna has like the receipts and posting all these Instagram messages or about like a creator who was set out to create drama around it. I don't know. It's just it's crazy. And you're like you're Kathy Hilton. You have so much money. You have great success. Why are you even bothering with this? Why? Because it's like, you know what happens is that you spend so much time on the show and you spend so much time with these people that it's like anything that it becomes your life. And like anything in your life, if it, if it's there every day, it starts to affect you, right? Like your skunk who shows up in your backyard every night on your Thaddeus. security camera. Thaddeus, my skunk. Yeah. Thanks. He's become a part of your life. And like what he does affects you. Yeah. For better or for worse. I worry when like, I don't see Thaddeus on my ring after, at certain nights, I think that he got taken by the coyotes, but, but he keeps coming back. I love Thaddeus. People love Thaddeus. Thaddeus content's one of my greatest pieces of content. People go crazy for Thaddeus. He should be a TikTok star. Yeah, yeah, I should do that. Um, okay, did you, I, while you're thinking of your who you would marry, who you would make out with, who you would mute, I'll go first to give you time. So I 100% would marry England. All of England okay. except for Piers Morgan except for that Liam Payne, who we talked about in my newsletters, the One Direction kid who had a fault from grace and except for, wait, there's, and uh, Boris. There's those, everybody else in England, I am a hundred percent here for you. <laughs> wait, um, wait so, no, you've been born, you're, you're divorced from Boris? No, I just don't even want to marry. I would never marry, look at, I, I uh -huh. think the country's soon to be divorced from Boris, but what do I know? <laughs> I would make out with, again, I'm just going to be like, you know, if you're English and you're, are a, a usually a musician, an artist, or a TV star. I have, if I haven't already made out with you, uh, it likely that I will. I'll be in England in a couple of weeks. I have a lot of ground to cover. And then I would mute Johnny and Amber full stop. I am done, 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 done. I'm done with all of the analysis of them. I'm done with the lawyers trying to get their 15 second, not the, their lawyers, but lawyers on TikTok who are using this platform to get their 15 seconds of fame for continuing to analyze it. I'm done. I want it mute, mute, bye. That's it. What do you got? All right, I'd mute Megan and Harry. Interesting. Which I guess has sort of happened. Yeah, sure. It has. <laughs> we'll see what happens with their Netflix stuff. I'd marry Johnny and make out with Amber. Wow. You are a psychopath. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing. Who doesn't want to live on a pirate ship? I did not learn anything new today. This is Trip Swan House. Always a psychopath. And a man who has known, everybody seems to know all across the land. And if you're a podcaster and you want to, you know, incorporate Trip into your podcast, um, feel free to because everybody else does. All right, guys. Thank you so much, Trip. Will you do this again with me? 
I, I would I would love to it's be back so next week. So much fun. I'm in New York um in a few weeks, so we're gonna go to Jack's wife Frida. Is that right? Now I'm like I'm losing all my mojo in terms of I can't remember things about New York. Like it's it's like I'm becoming like the blip from the Marvel movies. Guys, I'll see you here next week and tell everybody about this podcast. We're out. Pop culture.